This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash Living Proof New York. So how did you get into hardcore? How did I get into hardcore? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be a dweeb. Uh, I lived in a small town uh, in Fort Erie next to Buffalo, New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to, uh, what did I do? I think I was just into like, you know, at a very, like a, you know, listening to like, you know, Deftones and White Zombie and, you know, fucking, you know, Slayer and Pantera and all that shit, mm -hmm. like at a young age. And then, <clears throat> and then you're just like looking for like, what's next? What's next? And uh, me and my group of friends and our small, like we lived in a small town. It was like a small border town. And, uh, and we started going to shows really young. We were get we would get our parents to drive us over to Buffalo and go to shows and like, you know, we were really lucky. Well, I'm like I'm 40 now, so it was just like you know, like we'd go see like Buried Alive play and like all that shit. And Buffalo had a very incredible hardcore scene, so it was just like to be able to go to that and like even like everything was closed. Like you go to Erie, like Erie was closed, Syracuse was closed, Rochester was closed. So just like. Late nineties, late nineties, early two thousands was uh, a really good time for hardcore. Did Canada not have a scene like that? No, it did. Canada had a great scene. Toronto had a great scene. Um, yeah, like it is. Like I, it was just like Buffalo is five minutes away from me. Yeah, yeah. I lived right by the bridge. So it was just like Toronto to me was like another world. Mm -hmm. That's like two hours away. Like I'd rather just drive to Syracuse or drive to fucking Erie or go wherever and, uh, or go to Albany shows or whatever it was. But, um, Wilkes bar. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it, Toronto has a great scene. It was just like, I think Toronto early two thousands, late nineties was more punk mm. than hardcore, you know? And I was very much, more into hardcore. Did you than play in punk. a band? Uh, in high school, I played in a band called Hanging Hearts. Okay. I was a singer. Uh, yeah. It was pretty good, I guess. We played a couple shows. There was like a good scene in like, Ni we, we were in like Niagara. So there was like bands like Rise Over Run. Uh, I think they were on Ferret for a second or something like that. But fucking, uh, there's good bands. Like it, it, it had like a good scene. Like you would, it was like small town shit. Like everyone would go kind of thing. Like you'd go to shows and if anyone was putting on a show, like everybody would go. So there'd be like 150, 200 kids at every show yeah, yeah. kind of thing. And it was like, and then like, if you got like, I remember we did this thing. It was at like the native center in Fort Erie and we did it in the gym. And, uh, I got like every time I die to come and play. And it was like, this is maybe 99, maybe 2000. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's like, you know, a hundred kids and it was just like, you know, it was like back in the day, like it was, it was the, like that era was so good. Like you'd have like an emo band, a screamo band, like every time I die play. And then like a band that sounds like fucking hate breed or whatever it was like, it was just like, you know, it was such a eclectic kind of mix of bands that so you'd have emo bands play or fucking whatever, you know, it's pretty crazy too. Like how that, that's happening right now too, really scenes like kind of come and go. Like in little, in like towns or cities, like 
you know, like I grew up going to a lot of Merrimack Valley shows and that scene was crazy thriving. Every single yeah. weekend, there would be tons of bands from all over the, all, literally all over the world coming yeah. to this little like small town. And then out of nowhere, it just kind of stopped the venue, like the main venue that we had shut down and then it just like stopped happening. Yeah, it's hardcore is like, uh, you know, it's always there, you know, and it's just like venues come and go. And then, you, you know, if a small town loses a venue or fucking two venues, it's like it's kind of torch. That's a big hit. It is. And, it, and it's just like then they'll go to like a backyard or it'll go to wherever it is. But it's just like living where we lived. It was just like, you know, no one's pulling generators into the fucking woods. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's always there's always something. Do you still uh, follow the scene or go to shows? Um, I haven't been to a show in a long time. Like, they just did a show outside of Toronto. It's, it's funny because, like, like, Jay Cox, he was in town. Like, Division of Mind played. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, like, Gridiron played. And, like, all the, it was, like, some fest in, like, Mississauga, which is, like, 30 minutes from Toronto, kind of. And... Um, a lot of bands like were like DM like a lot of dudes are like DMing me, being like, "Are you coming?" Or like, "We want to go to your restaurants," or "We want to like hang out." And I'm just like, "It's the weekend," and I'm like, "I go home and hang out with my kids." Like, I only see my kids on the weekends because I, I I work in the city and then they live on our farm, so it's just like I'm going home. Like I'm like I've seen enough hardcore. Like I it, it I'm at a point in my life where like having a family takes precedent yeah like seeing my family yeah, takes yeah. precedent over going like going to shows for me is kind of a luxury uh because i work and then i want to see my fucking kids and and trish so it's just like um unfortunately i haven't been to a show like i like like i, what, I was listening to like end it the i don't know end it the other day it's kind of decent i was like the singer kind of sounds like 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 chaka from burn uh but yeah, I don't know. I, I like I listen to hardcore still just as much as ever. Like it, it never has left me. Mm-hmm. It's like it, the thing. Like it's it's still like no matter what I listen. Well, right now I probably listen to more like I just listen to ambient music. <laughs> I just listen to like chimes mostly. <laughs> I'm really into like Laragi and shit like that. That's but it's sick. just like yeah. I just listen to like literally like ambient music, and uh, I think just because. I'm very overwhelmed by life and then I need something that is there for me. That's just like, I don't it, it just like, it's not, I don't have to think about it. Mm. It just gives me a feeling, but then I get like amped up like when I'm driving or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, need to put on satisfaction. Just throw, I don't know. It's like that shit where it's just like, it, it, it'll always be there. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just like, you know, hardcore to me is everything. I wouldn't be who I am without it, you know? And it gave me, like, I think the, the biggest thing that the, like the scene gave me was like the reciprocal, like, don't just be some fucking skin tag. Don't be a fucking stage potato, be involved, yeah. make a fucking scene, like a zine, do a fucking show, do something, be in a band. Like if you're not contributing, it, it's just like, you're kind of sucking away from it. So I think like, that's how, you know, you got to give and take, you know, you can't just take. Mm, and absolutely. I think like that's what I enjoy doing and like with restaurants and everything that I kind of do. It's like I want to give people something. Mm. Even like with my cook, I want to make people laugh and get stoked on cooking. That's why I make my videos. I think it like people will watch it and make them laugh. That's a fucking win. And if they actually cook and they cook something good and they share it with people, people are eating fucking good food and then they feel good about themselves. And like, there's a positive ripple in that too, which is like that positivity and that like real PMA shit. 
is something that like has always stayed true to me and mm. like has always made sense uh, in a world that's upside down. It, it is better to kind of just be a half full kind of guy and fucking get at it. Yeah, yeah. You, you just said that um, sometimes you listen to chimes because you just be feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. What do you mean by overwhelmed? Uh, overwhelmed with what? Like overwhelmed with the work, with the social media, with yeah. um, just like just like crazy denseness. What do you mean by that? Um, you know, I think it, it, it's overwhelmed with the world that I've created. And I think it's like, uh, you know, I've created a lot of businesses, restaurants and clothing and fucking cookware and thing. I've created these businesses and, you know, my mindset really changed when the pandemic hit and before the pandemic, I didn't really understand the game. I didn't understand what I was really doing. And I was only playing half the game. I was playing defense. I would sit down. People would come to me. Hey, we want you to do this. We want you to come to Australia. We want you to do this. We want you to, hey, we want you to make a show. We want you to do this. I was in a position where like I was a thing where people would just come to me. I didn't really have to go out there and do stuff. And then, and then when the pandemic hit, um, I didn't have a job. There was nothing physical. There was nothing. I couldn't go to work, right? And so then that really scared me, uh, like it scared a lot of people. And and I was just like, well, I'm never not playing a full game again. And so I switched my mentality and I switched all of my businesses. And Well, I've, I created businesses. I didn't have any. I was reliant on people. And... Now I'm in a position where I'm still relying on people, but at least I have physical businesses that I can sell. Mm. I can create opportunities. I can employ people. I can go to work. I can like at the fundamentals of during the pandemic where like, you know, everybody lost everything and or most people lost everything. And uh, I, I got back to like my core. I was just like, I didn't know what to do, and and I started that like meet and three pop up, that barbecue pop up, and that barbecue pop up like saved my life, you know, straight up, and uh, it turned the lights back on in my in my uh, for my family and for everything, and uh, and I was able to take that thing, and then just like multiply it and multiply it and multiply it, and I just I just haven't stopped. So when I'm listening to chimes, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I am I'm 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 trying to cool. Yeah. I'm trying to just cool it out a bit cuz it's just like my brain and the way that I am because I am also just like a complete psycho and like a drug addict like like I'm just like more feed yeah. me. I'm the void filling. I'm like mm-hmm. like you know Captain Void there's like the fucking empty hole and you're just filling it. Yeah. And now I fill that with businesses and now I have to understand how to control that and to control that in this world and the like the world that I've created is uh, an intense one that takes a lot of people to execute and a lot of people daily that um, are working really hard and really incredible people. And how do we take care of them and how do we build these things and build something that is sustainable and on all aspects, financial, personal, fucking creativity, all this, all this, everything, like what is it? And, um, and sometimes even trying to do that 
is is you know it, it's tiring it's it's intense it's it's draining it's giving and giving and giving and giving creativeness giving giving thought giving care giving all these things and then and then i'm left at the end of the day sitting in my truck and i'm just sitting there and i'm like torched you feel like mentally exhausted yeah and then i just put on my little chimes yeah put on my chimes mm. and it, it gives me like some some air yeah those it's funny i was actually listening to uh they're called healing frequencies like the yeah. i believe it's I might be wrong, 7.85 hertz or something. Okay. There's like whole three hour, uh, you know, like montages on YouTube. You just play it and you, it just plays in the background. And yeah. like it, it literally has some scientific like healing uh, ability. It like tunes in with your body's like frequency. It's like a mushroom in the wild. And yeah, just yeah. Like, give me the vibe. It literally just press play on YouTube. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting about that time because even though a lot of people lost a lot, you know, and it was devastating time for a lot of people. I feel it also gave people the opportunity to focus on stuff that they've been putting on the side. For example, like their hobbies or interests or passions since they were like little kids, essentially, you know, because I have some friends that like they also like deep down, they have such creative talent and they just never had time because of the nine to five. But when they got laid off or were on unemployment, they thrived so much in that creative you know, world. And essentially now they're doing that as their priority, you know, so. It it, it 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 giveth and it taketh away. You know, like it is one of those things where it is. It 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 made you aware of what you had and what you didn't have and what your priorities are and what you could achieve and like set new goals and it was like people had like a clean slate and it'd be like I didn't have to I don't have to live that way no more. Mm. The way that that is is like it ain't the way that this is now and like like prioritizing like what makes you feel good. People now, like even our like in our whole restaurant group now it's like we're we're working very diligently on a four day work week. And so then people can have a beautiful time and have like three days, three days off is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't come from a world where you get three days off and I never have, but I think it's like, it's an incredible thing that we're working towards having mm. businesses that run on four day work weeks, mm. you know? And, and, and I think seeing people be uh, more attentive, be ha- happier and just being able to like two days off is chill, Three days off is like you have a weekend. Mm. You can hang out with the homies. You can have fun. Go get fucked up. But you got like a full day of like chill and you got like two days of excitement kind of thing. Mm. Like it is like it does make a difference. Uh, it's it's funny that you mentioned the the four day work week because uh, I still work full time as a union plumber. Yeah. And uh, me and my partner we um we were like yo let's go on strike let's fucking protest against this like a five day work week. Yeah. And you just hear the foreman in the background screaming like get 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 back to work like <laughs> what are you even talking about you know and it's just like a dream that we have essentially but you know. <laughs> but it, it is one of those things where if you give it the most on your four days, like I I, I try to have this thing where it's just like. I want 90% of your efficiency 100% of the time. Mm. I don't want you, I'm not expecting you to be the best. I don't expect you to be the performing at the best. But I'm like, I do want you at like 90. There's 10%, you know, you're going to fuck up. You're going to be a little slow. You're going to do something. There's things that can happen. But it's just like, I do want you to be working as hard as you can and being as efficient as you can, as thoughtful as you can, as as, as careful as you can. And if you can get like the thing that's wild is just like you just need more people and then it's even and with more people you can carry the load and and everything keeps kind of moving too. And no one's like overbared with it. Yeah, it's like it's five days. It's like it is. uh, It's five out of seven. That's a lot. Like, I, I, yeah, but it's like I choose to work every day, Mm. you know, like I, I, I work. 
I can work every day forever because it's just like every day there's something, you know, on, on different types of business. I have businesses that are in different countries. And so it's just like in different time zones, it's different things. And it's just like, there, there, there's always something to work on, but it's just a matter of like, do your work and then set yourself aside and like set yourself up for Mm -hmm. like, it's like the same thing is like, you have to focus on your time just as much as your work time. So is that why you live in kind of like a farm? I saw an interview you were talking about how like you would like to eventually be off the grid, like less on social media, less like so much seemed like so much busyness. Is that why you live on a farm and kind of more off the grid and enjoy gardening and, and stuff like that? Um, truly, I moved to like I moved to that farm because it's what I could afford. Mm. You know, I'm an independent uh like no banks would give me a mortgage. No, but nobody would get like, I'm, I'm like an independent, I'm a freelance person. You know, I didn't have these restaurants. I didn't have all this shit when I bought that farm. I, I, I had like just me doing like munchies videos and doing vice shit. And like, I was just a freelance independent contractor, you know? And so I bought that farm because I was just, I, I found that farm. I never wanted to move back to my hometown. You know, it was just like one of those things where I was just like, why? Like, I need to be in Toronto. I need to make money. I need to grind. I need to hustle. I need to work, be in the city, you know? And it's just like, like, what are you going to move back to Poughkeepsie? You know, or like, what, you know, like, what, what are you going to do? You need to be in Manhattan. You need to be, you know, like, what is, what is it? Like, would you ever think that moving back home would be better for you? You know? So it was just like, and, and Trish and I are from the same place. So it's just like, I, we were just home one day and I was just like, I was frustrated I was like embarrassed. I couldn't afford a house in Toronto, you know, like I couldn't like I I was my, like I was accepted for, I think like $650,000 for a mortgage. That's a one bedroom condo, maybe in Toronto, you know? So I'm like, I'm never going to be able to afford Like I was just like, you know, just bumming. And we were home uh, like during like Thanksgiving weekend. And I was like bitching to like Trisha's parents I was just like, yo, just like co-sign a mortgage for it. Like, like help us out. You know, like I was just like, you guys have done well. You know, like you've done well. My parents can't help us out, unfortunately. But I was just like, help us out. You know, doctor, you know, let's go. You got the PhD. Like, let's get it. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, nah. <laughs> and, and I was just like, look, look what you could get for like. And then I, and then I opened up like one of those apps where like you could look at homes. I was like, look what you could get for down here for like whatever. Like what? And then, and then the farm came up. Hmm. Literally. And like the next day I called my sister whose friend was a real estate person. And then they contacted like a thing and we went in like, it was a crazy thing. And it was just like this beautiful farm that like nobody wanted because it needed a lot of work. How far is it from, I guess like the city? It's like, uh, now with traffic, it's like two hours. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like, I spend, uh, like Tuesday to Friday in the city then I come home Friday night, and then I got Saturday, Sunday, Monday with the family, and then I go back Tuesday morning. And you're sleeping in the city Tuesday to Friday? Yeah, I just live with I got I live at my friend's house, Marika. Shout out to Marika. Let's go. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna ask, how did a uh, Blue Goose Farm come about? Um... Blue Goose Farm was like we were shooting my second book, so we were shooting my second book on the farm. And Keenan, uh, I have like a couple chefs that help me out with my shit. And Keenan's one of those chefs. He's like one of my favorite chefs. He's he's the best. Uh, he's he's an incredible person. And uh, I got a lot of yard. You know, like my backyard is like six acres. It's just grass. And then and then I have six acres of like forest. And then my front yard's like four acres. 
So it's just like I have a, this large property. It's this beautiful thing. And uh, and we were shooting the book, and we were there for like a week shooting uh, uh, my second book. And we were just like, you know, like it was just like great. We were having these like, you know, we're there making food. We're talking about produce. We're like talking about all this shit. And we're like, yeah, it's kind of criminal that like you can have this amount of land and not grow vegetables. Mm. You know, it's kind of it's kind of fucked. That you can, there's this so much land that's owned that doesn't actually produce vegetables. And, um, and we we're just talking about it. And Keenan's worked on some farms. And then by the end of the week, we're like, let's make a farm. Like, let's, let's make, let's grow vegetables. And I was like, if you can figure it out, I'll like, I'll pay for it. You figure it out. We'll make it work and we'll fucking make it work. And now we're in our like third year. We're producing like 1500 pounds of vegetables a week. Wow. A hundred yeah a week bugged all from your property yeah that's crazy and so we're selling to a bunch of restaurants we're selling to my restaurants uh you know we put veg- every week we put them in vegetables into like some community fridges mm-hmm. up in the city which is tight and uh we're just learning you know like we're just learning it's 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 keenan and miles keenan's brother yeah, I, and I it's just two people work in the land and it's like we don't use any there's no like gasoline there's no motorized vehicles like we do everything by hand yeah. wheelbarrow uh broad fork like everything is uh some real shit i can't imagine your schedule because like we have this yeah and i feel like yo this is crazy too much contact too much moving around like you know i appreciate it i appreciate being able to you know like sit down and have these conversations yeah see what people are about learn from people's experiences and you know what I mean? Like, I do appreciate it, but I can't imagine having one more thing. And never mind. Like, it yeah, sounds like you got you? like 10. I'm a, I just turned 27 like two days ago. Yeah. 26. You're cool. You got time to learn how to do The thing is, is like, like my mentality and everything that I do, it seems like I do a lot. Mm. I do do a lot. I can't like deny that I don't do a lot of stuff. But it, it's like, I'm always like, yo, Pebbles, pebbles make ripples, you know? And I've been throwing pebbles for a long time. A long time. People don't see the losses. People don't see the shit. And, and uh, you know, everything takes work. Everything takes time. And, and you gain people's trust. And you do things. And you build a team. And all of a sudden, it's like, I ain't, I ain't shit. My team and that I create around me is like what makes this all what it is. And then I'm able to be who I am and do what I need to do every day to make sure that I feed all of these different little businesses in the way that I need to with, with, with my talks and my vision and with everything else that I'm fucking talking about and doing and like what I want to do and how I want to fucking make shit fucking rock. So it's just like, that's what, and it takes time. You know, I've been doing like, I've been independent you know, for seven years. And it's just like, you know, like I haven't had a boss for seven years, you know? And it's just like, it, it, it takes time. And it takes time. Like I had a boss for a long time and I did like a lot of things. Like I opened my first restaurant when I was 26, you know? I got, I, I started getting like notoriety as a young chef. I was like this like crazy chef, you know? That was just like, my food was cool. My spaces were cool. Cause I was like, homies, the partners were sick and they made cool spots. We had the vibe. We had cool shit. We were popping off. And it was just like all these like little things just happened, you know? And a lot of things happen to people. But what do they do with those things? I'm just like, I'm very much uh, like 
something happens to me, I instantly like, oh, that's cool. What's what else? What else can I? Do? I'm on constantly being like, what else? What else? What else? So if I get like a thing, then I'm like, what can I turn that thing into? Mm. What can I turn that thing into? And then it's just a broccoli shoot. And then it's just like that's that's all I'm trying to do. Is like like my job is to be like, how can I take one thing and turn it into five things? And then I take those five things, four of them are shit, one's good, we keep rocking. Then we got four, five, six other of those things, and we just keep it going, and we keep it going, and we keep it going. And it's just like I've been doing that hustle my whole life. Me and my brothers, we all went to different high schools. We all sold fucking weed. We all sold drugs. We all hustled the whole thing. Me and my bros, and we've just been like little hustle. My my dad and my mom hustlers. You know, my dad's had 500 jobs. We moved to, you know, I probably went to eight different elementary schools. Like, we bopped around a lot. We moved around a lot. Fucking, we're in the car. We're driving across the country. We're fucking, my dad works. My mom works. Whatever the, we're shit shovelers. We do whatever we need to do. If something shit, my dad, my dad's always, he ain't afraid to tell his boss to shut the fuck up. I always say my dad, like, you know, he he was always smart enough not to have a job. Mm. Sometimes, you know, like one of those kind of dudes, you know, And, and it's just like, we just had that hustle in us and we, we wanted to, I know hustle could be this like toxic word now or whatever the fuck it is, but it's just like, I, I, I just like going to work. Mm. I enjoy going to work. I really like working. I really liked working 15 hour days when I was a chef. Mm. I, I loved it. I never would be like, I got to go to work. I loved it. I loved working. I loved going to culinary school. I love, even though I dropped out, it's just like, fuck college, fuck everything, you know, fuck you know, because I was like punk and shit. And I was just like, yo, I don't need a diploma. Fuck all this shit. You know, I'm like, I learned how to make all this shit. I'm good now. I don't need the paper. I know how to do it. I got the I got the knowledge. I got the skill. Fuck all this shit. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Just keep going. Just like, it is one of those things. This is like, I really believe the world that I want to, I want to, I want to build it up to where my kids can live their dreams and I can help them be who they want to be. And I ain't going to be like giving them whatever the fuck they want kind of thing. But I want to be in a position. Like my biggest goal, like my baby step shit was like, I wanted to get to a point where I didn't have to check like my, my bank app on my phone if I wanted to fill my car up. That was one of my biggest goals of my life. And I got there. And then my biggest goal was like, you know, I wanted to go out for dinner. and Be able to buy Trisha a nice dinner and not check my bank card. And like, get, like I had all these like weird little things. And like, just like you just, ba- I just like baby step it mm. and just like, just keep going and just like do all these like little things and like throw shit at wall. I'm like, I, I'm throwing pebbles all day. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Uh, you bringing up like the, the chef and making a restaurant and all that stuff. Like I never, and we never really associated chef culture with partying, chef culture with drugs and, yeah. and this stuff. Like we come from like skateboarding, we come from graffiti and that has like people know that that's like the sex drugs and rock and roll kind of style that you think of you think of like a young graffiti writer someone who's out like stealing doing drugs a lot of people in graffiti you know they die at a young age um because of because of that yeah and uh a lot of people are trying to quit we have a lot of our people who who are listening to this show like they're going through the same thing and they're trying to stop using and they're having a hard time quitting right and like i never knew that chef culture was like that and we talked to brian anderson and I was like, do you blame skateboarding for en- ending up like, you know, being an alcoholic for a point of your life? 
And he, if not for skating, like, would that not have happened? Yeah. And he was like, nah, it would have happened more because I would have been a chef because that's what he liked to do. Yeah. And then it would have happened. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. chefs don't do that. That's what I thought. And then as well, I some, looked into it. Like, like anything. It is like, um, I don't know. Like, I was always, uh, I'm a party boy, you know? I don't, like, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll do everything and anything all day. And, but it was like one of those things like where I was never like, like when I was like young, young, I would like drink. But like when I was like, young, like when I got right out of college, like, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's like one of those things where like every night, like you just like jam some ease, do some coke, fucking do some fucking MDMA, do some acid. Like, it, like I was just like a garbage head. Like I didn't really care. I'd just be like, boom, 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 boom. Like every night, because I was like living in dorms, or I was living with my, like w- like when we moved out of dorms, it was like I I, I lived with like four drug dealers, mm. you know, and it's just like we lived in the fucking in in the fucking neighborhood, and we just like we just did our thing, but it was like, um, you know, I I I don't think it's like necessarily like a chef thing. It's like it's, it's all this industry shit, and I think like all these people are just like it's such a topic, even like with the, like the bear and all this shit, and it's just like people are fucked. People are broken. Some businesses make you or maybe enable that addiction and make a house for it a little more easier or it's more acceptable. You know, like how many jobs do you work at where you get like a beer after you're done? You know, like a lot of times you go out for a beer after maybe or something like that, but like you're already in the zone where you get the beer. Then you get the beer and then you have another beer and then you get out of your fucking chef weights and then you have another beer. And then, and then you're like, okay, like, let's go get a bag, you know? And then you get the bag and then like, you're like, boom. And then you're in the after hours and it's 6am and then you're like, you know, you're in the stalls with like, you know, talking about your childhood, you know? And it's just like, it's, 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 you're just in the spot where it's just like, it's high pressure, you know, just think like, it's like every single day you got to make food. You got to be ready by the time it opens and every person sitting down is like judging you. You got to make the perfect French fries. You got to make the perfect steak. You got to make the perfect au poivre sauce. You got to fucking do everything. You got to cook it as fast as you fucking can. You got to make it as fast as you can. And these people are out there being like, nah, trash. Fuck this. Shit's weak. Sal's overdressed. Fuck all y'all. Fucking losers. I ain't tipping. This shit's whack. Fucking hair in my salad. Fucking, you know, whatever the fuck it is. All this stuff. And you're just in the back being a teenager, trying to be like, God, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just, yeah. And you got some asshole yelling at you, and they don't know what the fuck time it is. And like, it's just like, you're, it's the blind leading the blind. And most of the time, a lot of people don't have, like, where the fuck in college did you learn how to communicate language on uplifting people and giving people the, the emotional tools to get through the day? You work in trades? You get beaten down emotionally all day verbally. I, you fucking dog. Dude, I started when I was 18 and I feel like I'm like a 45-year-old man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Trapped in like a young body because yeah. I'm just around this like energy all day that's it's kind of depleting, you know? And like what we talked <laughs> about before. It's extremely negative. The thing, yeah, it's pretty negative. But uh, it's the thing that like we were talking about that gets me personally through my job is finding an interest in it actually because i work with people that wake up every single day and they dread it they complain from the moment they arrive to work till just waiting for friday and then monday comes they're dreading it and there's no good day that's the problem you know so i think why yeah 
What's the point? You're just wasting your life. You might as well find an interest in it. Whether you're working at Dunkin' Donuts, you you got to like kill that shit. You know, like but find an interest is, in it. Exactly. It is. It is like why can't people just be like if that's what it is, like if that's what you're gonna be doing, you need to be able to find that happy place in anything. That's like if you if you are going in there half cocked every week and just being like going in like you going in mad, you ain't coming out happy. You know, and it's just like, what what scenario when you go in like pissed and like disgruntled, you come out like, oh, no, that was actually good. You know, like you have to go in with that openness. You got to go in with that like mindset where you're like, you know, working at Dunkin', working at anything like we're doing, doing, being a pipe fitter, being a plumber, being, being trades, like getting into trades, getting into anything. It's just like the thing about trades is I think it's such a beautiful thing. Like, I think it's just like the thing that I, I like. You know, cook being able to go anywhere in the world and contribute, and like you could go anywhere in the world and be a plumber. You could go anywhere in the fucking world, actually. And it's just like I can go anywhere in the world and cook. I could set up on a shop on a corner and get a little fucking hibachi and cook something and give it to somebody and make a dollar. That is really cool to me. That I can do that. That is like that's the coolest thing to me. Like pandemic, everything, my whole life gets washed. I lo- get down to like no money, like I'm about to lose everything. And then I'm just like, it clicks. I'm like, I have to cook again. And I'm like, I'm going to go make barbecue. I'm going to go make barbecue in a parking lot and I'm going to sell it to people. And then all of a sudden, I got a thousand people coming a day. Well, all of a sudden, I was just like, oh, I just made hella money. Like, I was just like, oh. And then I took that and like flipped it into a Maddie's Patties. And then I flipped that into fucking fun. Like, it was just like, I just took everything and just like flipped it. But it is like, it's just like being like, no, you got to like, it it is the process. It is the work. It is like doing the job, which is, it it should be very fulfilling. You're, 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 you're like plumbing is like an integral in part of this whole world. It's an, it's, it's, that's the thing is like, everyone's got a twist. Trades should be like held in this high, high respect. We need that. Needs should out like, why the fuck everyone's watching fucking fashion week. It's just like people should be watching fucking plumbing week. Where's <laughs> Sharks week? It's just like it should be like, dude, look at there ain't no stonemasons. Yeah, you know, it's it is a wild thing because it it is uh, it's true. Like a lot of people are leaving, you know, the restaurant industry. A lot of people are like, there's a mass exodus in a lot of like trades and things and stuff like that. Where it's just like if we all stay, and if we all do what we feel is best, won't that industry ripple if everyone dips then who's left to change and who's left to to uplift and who's left to like bring this new knowledge and this new language and like new understanding to these people if everyone dips it's just like okay all the assholes are left all the people that are just like chew you out all day and like berate you and make fun of you and belittle you and like call you names that like make you feel like you're a piece of shit that's not cool like we need be like don't dip Stay. Change from the inside. You can't change from the... Like, can you change from the out... Can you change... Can, you could... Like, you know, these industries and these things. It's like you can't change from the outside. You got to be in the House of Commons. You want to rewrite laws, you got to go and be whatever the fuck that is. I don't know exactly. I'm not a politician. But you ain't changing it from fucking... Put an infographic up. <laughs> you know, you got to get in there. You so know? What initially uh, drew you to, uh, to cooking? Because before that, like, what were you doing? Well, I, I, it was just to go to college. 
Like, I just want, I, I was a piece of shit high school student. I didn't give a fuck. I just fought, sold drugs, fucking went to hardcore shows. I didn't give a fuck. You know, I, I, there was no, I had no interests. Mm. There was no, um, you know, growing up in a small town, you know, I, I, I was like a fat hardcore kid with like dyed black hair and nail polish and fucking, you know, like whatever. I was like a freak, you know? And so it was just like one of those things where it's just, my brothers were like norms, you know, fucking construction guy and a fucking roofer, you know? And they used to make fun of me because I wanted to watch like Basquiat movies and like look at art and like check out shit, you know? And like they'd make fun of me for like watching like fucking or like listening to hardcore and like, you know, be like, what the fuck is this bullshit? You know? And they're listening to like Creed. And you're like, oh, my bad. Yeah, let's go. But it is um, just getting to the, like the means was to get to the city. That, that's it. It wasn't like I, I wanted to move. Cooking. The only way that my parents were like, Cooking school's cheap in Canada, so it's just like I think there's like four semesters in a year, and they're like twenty five hundred dollars a semester kind of thing. Like it wasn't a like it's like a little trade school. Like it's not that expensive, hmm. so it was like something that my parents could help me out on. I didn't have to take out a loan, and um, you know, so it was just like anyone can get in. I get it seems you know like it's not like one of those. I applied to four different colleges. I only got accepted to one, and it was Humber, and it was my cooking school. So it was just like, I just went to cooking school so I could go to Toronto, and like my parents would pay, like I, I was going to go to the dorm. I'm good for a year. I just knew that I didn't want to take a year off, because my everyone that takes a year off seems like they don't leave. I wanted to leave. I wanted to go to Toronto. I wanted to, go, I wanted to fucking like go in the alleyways. I wanted to fucking go to the parties. I wanted to be in the, like, you know, like a, a major thing, like, like, it was, like, growing up, like, the thing, I was very influenced by early 2000s Vice, watching Iraq, and, like, watching Dash, and watching, like, all that shit, and McGinley, and, like, like all those, watching that stuff from afar in early 2000s was, like, that was it for me. Mm. That uh, Looking at those Vice magazines in a small fucking town, being, like, that's what I wanted. I, I, I want I wanted the fucking hamster nest, you know, like I wanted I wanted to do drugs with my friends and piss in each other's mouths and fucking do it. You know, like I wanted to get I wanted to get squirrely. And I was like, I ain't doing that. Like here it's like, OK, we're going to go have a bush party, get in a fight with a bunch of dudes and like every weekend just fight each other, it seems, and just go into a bush party. But it's just like I just want, I want to go to Toronto and find like people that want to go to art shows and go to like fucking do shit and like be like. I don't know. There was no, like, I wasn't, I, that town wasn't for me. That lifestyle wasn't for me. I didn't want to work at Walmart, you know? Isn't that crazy? Like, it almost seems like that you went to cooking school almost just by the chance of life, like, wherever you just happened to go because it was I could have gotten accepted to any one of those schools. And yeah. been like, oh, fuck, I'll go to Windsor. I'll go wherever. And then that became your whole thing. And you actually love, you love cooking, right? Cooking is the greatest thing in the world. Cooking gave me everything. My, that skill, that, the thing about college is like, I never felt self-worth like that before. I was never good at science, gym, and like, I was just like, what the fuck, we're running around playing lacrosse? Like, fuck all this shit. You know, like, I was just like, I I don't like lacrosse. How the fuck, I don't, I gotta play lacrosse. Like, my parents, like, me and my brothers, we all play lacrosse. I'm like, why the fuck do we gotta play lacrosse? Why the fuck do we gotta do, why the fuck am I doing any of this shit? Like, I hated everything. I hated, like, I didn't, I hated everything. Like, I just wanted to, like... I didn't know what I wanted, you know? And then I went to cooking school and I found something I loved. And that I was somehow, I had a natural ability towards where I was just like, oh, I was never good at skateboarding. I, I, I couldn't write graffiti. I couldn't do it. Like, I, you know, I didn't have a hand. I, I, did, I couldn't do anything. 
I couldn't. I never had a thing where I was just like, "Yo, this is me." Hmm. And then, and then, cooking school gave me that. I was like, "Oh, I'm getting like 90. I'm getting like perfect grades because I can debone a chicken. I can make a stock. I can fucking listen to my my chef just told me to make hollandaise and showed me, and I just did it. Okay, I just made hollandaise. Like this is this is what this this is school. Let's go. I'm doing this. And then and then it's just like when I dropped out, I went on tour with my friend's band, and and then when I got back. Like I never told my parents I dropped out of college, and so like they they always thought I had like a diploma or some shit. So like they never even knew I dropped out of college. And then I went I like I, you know, back in the day when you used to just walk around and hand out resumes, and so like I would just like walk around and like hand out resumes at restaurants. And then I got a call back from Le Select, which was like the like the oldest, best, most prestigious like bistro in Toronto. And I went there, and that's where I cut my teeth and like came up and, mm. and like I just worked at like the most banging bistro in Toronto and just like that was my crew and it was just like you know it, it was like college gave me like a self of self-confidence and like I could do something and feel good about myself about doing something and I love like I loved it like I didn't make any money like I would work for two weeks and like get a check for like 600 bucks and oh. work at 15 hour days I'm just like let's go yeah <laughs> and, well, then, and then you owe the, your fucking coke dealer fucking 300 bucks then you're ah! you know get fronts the- all day what was the process like opening up your restaurant at 26? Uh, it was like an interesting thing. Like it was already like built and the concept was already done. And then I came on after. I was like a chef. I was working at this French bistro called La Palette in Kensington Market. It was like the fuck. It was like the most. It was the sickest spot. It was just like it was like the Lower East Side like 20 years ago. It was just like the spot. You know, it was just like bohemians and punks and everybody and everyone was vibing and like nobody came from the outside and like there was no like street lights in the neighborhood everyone just walked around at night and there was like little bar like it was just like the spot and we had this little french bistro in there i was like 25 and then i got a call a, a old server i knew was like hey i got a homie he's opening up a restaurant they're looking for a chef i think you'd be a perfect fit and i went down and met these guys brian and key and uh and we opened up odd fellows and i went and cooked for them and they're like, let's go. And we just made like, like, it was just like we made like Canadiana shit. Like I made like wild boar stew and venison roasts and burgers and all this shit. And it was like one table. It looked like it was like a, it was like a, you know, a lot of people didn't even know what it was. It was one beautiful, Brian was a stone carver. So he carved the table inside the restaurant. And so it was just like this big, solid, beautiful, stone-carved, like, marble table inside the restaurant. It was 26 seats, really small. And I think there wasn't a person that worked in it that was, like, 30 years old. So it was just, like, a bunch of young kids. And we were just like, they were like, turn the music down. And we're like, nah. <laughs> what? Get your own restaurant. Get the fuck out. We don't. Like, it was crazy. Like, we used to have, like, like these things called, like, graze- like uh, every Sunday, we'd have, like, a thing. We would do, like, grazing nights. But it would be like 15 bucks all you can eat. So we would do like thing we called it like Taco Hell and like pierogi night in Canada. We would play like old hockey tapes and we'd get like we'd DJ. It would just be like and we'd all hang out. It would just be all of our friends so would come and like eat for party. free. Yeah. All of our friends we would never charge anybody. It only the restaurant lasted like two years. <laughs> but like it was just like a spot where like everyone could come and like it was like this beautiful restaurant. Like I remember it was crazy. Like I was twenty six. Like the New York Times wrote about it. And uh, that was like a crazy thing. And like we were getting like, I didn't even understand what like a review was. Like we were getting reviews and everyone was like, who's this kid? Like where, does, where did this guy come from kind of thing? And um, yeah, and we just like, we closed, that restaurant closed. And then we opened Parson Labor when I was like 27. 
It's just like young, like, you know, like we opened up like five, six restaurants. By the time I was like 31, we closed them. I left that restaurant group. We opened the, like, it's just like, you know, I've opened up almost like 10, 12 restaurants, you know, it's like a crazy process. It's just like a whole lot. Like, it's like, I, I don't know. It's like a whole, it's a trip to think about. You know? I feel like the restaurant industry has a reputation for just being so hectic. Like you're constantly on your feet for like 14 hours a day. Like I remember I was, I worked as a busboy for like a summer or something after high school. And like I, my, my, my feet would be like bleeding when I come, would come home because I'm just like running around, like sneaking in little pieces of food. Um, I could see why, you know, like people I'm not justifying it, but I could see why people did like Coke and stuff to like keep afloat, you know, and yeah. have energy. Yeah, like it is, you want to, the thing is, is like you finish and your adrenaline's going. Everybody's adrenaline is going because you're running on adrenaline all day. So then like you finish at like 12, 1 o'clock. Then you're like, oh, let's go party. And then you go and you party. Well, sometimes people leave and go, but like most of the time it was just like, like me and my crew, we partied every night. And it was just like, let's go. We're done service. Like, let's go to the bar. And then we'll go to the after hours. Like, if I was home, like, my bedtime, like, Trisha was always like, my bedtime was 6. I had to be home by 6 a.m. Yeah. If I was home by, like, 6.30, then she was mad because that's when she started to wake up and go to her work. So, like, I, she always wanted me home before she woke up. And it was just like, you know, I'd get home at 8. Most, most times, I'd, I'd start getting the phone calls. I'd still be at my homie's house. Just be yacked out and just be like, I'll be home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just be a little dragon. And I just like, fucking, you know, I got the hand going. But the fucking, it's just, you're just, I don't know. You don't know. There's no fucking rules. Like, there was no, nobody had fucking cell phones. You know, like, I, I didn't even have, like, when I was working on this, like, I didn't even have a cell phone till I was like, I think I got my first cell phone when I was like 26. Wow. You know? That's like, so, it was just so like a different crazy, world yeah. where it's just like, I was on pay phones, riding around on my little bike, riding around Toronto, just like being like, where you at? Okay, let's go. Where you at? Where you at? Boom, 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 boom. Then you just go to the spots, you know? Like, every, like you know, like you just pull up at the bar and everyone's there. Or you, there's three bars that, you know? Did you ever, uh, being into hardcore and shit like that, I've seen you wearing shirts like Youth of Today, Chain of Strength. Yeah. Do you ever get into or even consider uh, being straight edge and just completely abstaining or anything like that? Nah, like uh, I got sober like 10 years ago, but it's just like, nah, straight edge was never my thing. I used to do like lines, I'd get like 10 yard fight CDs, like all this shit and just like <laughs> rip lines. And it's just like, it wasn't my, like, that's the thing is like, I'd go to, like, I used to video a lot of shows too. Like I have a ton of like late 90s, early 2000s shows, like a lot that I, one day like I'll do it like put them all up on youtube or some fucking shit like i have like all the hellfests or the first like three on that and like a ton of stuff like early convert shows and all that shit but it's um yeah i don't know it's just like straight edge to me was just like never it was just like i was past that i, mm. I started, first time i did acid was in grade eight you know, like I was just like on one. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, it wasn't me and my brothers and like the tap, like it was just wasn't it. Yeah. You know, like it was just like me and my bros were just like, nah, that's not it. We're just partying. I just want to get wasted and like punch somebody in the face and like pit and like break the drywall in my room. You know? Yeah. Like that, 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 that like I was like always like have like, you know, I don't know. Fuck. It's the bet. Like I was just like, nah, like it never even was a question. Like I loved some, some of my best friends were straight edge. Like literally, some of my still to this day, some of my I got I guess I'm like womb to tomb motherfuckers in my life. But it's just like, uh, it just wasn't me, mm. you know. But now it's like I can't even imagine going back to being like drunk Maddie, 
you know, or being like, being like, who was like, like, like if I, like, I couldn't handle who the fuck that guy, like if that guy was in the room with me right now, I'd be like, nah, I'm Do good. you feel like you changed as a person from, from then to now? Or was it just you just going sober? No, I, I've changed a lot. Like I, I, I've, I think I've always been, you know, a funny, kind person. Like I was never like a, like I would never get like dark zone. You know, like I wouldn't be the guy like staring through you trying to be like, what's up? I'm going to like chew your face off. You know, that was like my brothers. But it was just like, I just, I was always like the happy, like I was always just like this. I just want to be like, okay, I'm going to throw a pitcher of beer at that person over there. Like that, yeah, I was yeah. just like a shit bag. <laughs> like I'd just be in the bar and be like, I'm going to grenade this beer right now. You guys ready? And I'd just be like, okay, we're going to go fight that table now. Cause it was just like, I was just like that guy. Like I didn't give a fuck. And we were, it, but it was just like, even at shows, like it would be like. You know, I was the guy like smoking inside at venues and like drinking beer and like pit. like it was the same shit. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see a difference. I didn't see a difference. Yeah, yeah. You know, like my I would be my best friends are straight edge. I'm drunk. What the fuck is the difference? Where's the unity? You know, like I was always about that. I was just like, yo, that, that, you don't have to be the same. Yeah, yeah. Like being the same is whack. Mm-hmm. Like you need the mix. You can't just be this str- like you know. Well, how did you go about getting sober when you finally went sober? How would I go about it? <laughs> Gave it up, you know, just looked was, up. Was... G-O-D. <laughs> um, no, I had like, a, I don't know. I had like an intervention. I was about, I was burning it down hard. Like I, I was past like the cool shit. And I was just like, I was like, you know, going to, going to drug houses and hanging out with people and lying. Like I, the thing is, is like, I was like, I was doing the whole thing. I was like doing the lying, the stealing, the fucking manipulating the fucking hiding all that stuff and then uh you know i was i i was i was just, you know i was very i'd say i was very lucky the moment that i had like november 12th will be like my 10 year oh, wow. and it's just like um you know when i had my intervention i i, I was very lucky that i was actually i believe truly that I was at my spiritual bottom. And I think it was like, the lying is what kind of fucked me up. Because I'm like, I'm not a liar, you know? And uh, like, that was the stuff that would fuck me up. Lying to people and, you know, all that crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, when I had my intervention, it was like me and, and four of my dudes. And we sat down, we talked. And, and uh, you know, the next day I went to a meeting and fucking... You know, kept going. Ever since then, you've just been. Yeah, just like kept like, you know, yeah, just keep going. Yeah. First of all, congrats. Ten years, man. That's that's well, not yet. A big deal. Not I yet. mean, <laughs> yeah, because people they. It's uh, gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what do they say? Even a person that's like a day sober is already a big deal. You know what I mean? That's that could be like the more than ten years for someone. More powerful. Yeah. One day sober is way more powerful than ten. I think hmm. to be able to stay that one. To, for somebody to get that first twenty four, yeah, that's the magic. That that that's, yo man, people are hurting. Mm-hmm. To get out of that mud, it's way harder, way harder to st- keep that twenty four. Yeah. That's all you need to do. Just that twenty. Just go to bed. Just go to bed. What do you think? <laughs> it's just take a nap, fall yeah. asleep. Just do something. Go to bed. Wake up the next day. Do it again. You know. Yeah. Has uh has children like um kind of. I don't know, solidified that sobriety in a way? Yeah. Like, I used to smoke still. And then when I had kids, I stopped smoking. Now I just got to lose weight, you know, get on the fucking elliptical or something. But the fucking, uh, 
Yeah, having kids is uh, a trip. Like it, it, it like I can't I'm, like it's the narcissism and the ego of like drunk. Well, it's the it's the addict in you, you know. Like it, it it's uh, I can't imagine fucking up in front of those kids. I can't, and it's just like, you know, uh, I'm gonna do everything in my power to not, mm. you know, like that's that's my plan is like, it's all them. It's all Trish. Trish has been with me through all of it. <laughs> like we've been together since high school. It's like, it, it, there's some like wild ass years, wild years. And, uh, you know, she, she's lots of real good reasons to leave. And, uh, you know, we, we, there's not a secret among us, you know, we, 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 we know where the bodies are buried and, and it's just like, and that shit makes us strong. And we love each other and we fucking, you know, Trish is my everything. It starts with that. Like Trish is my everything. And then my kids, like we have to be on the level, you know, like there's just like a hundred percent respect. And it's because we've gone through it and we've been honest and we've made mistakes, but you got to be honest, truly. And, and, and you got to be honest and, and know that you could bounce, but I ain't, I ain't lying no more, you know? Yeah, it's amazing to hear, man. Honestly, uh, like you telling us about, I guess, your work ethic, yeah. how you live your life and your life path is super inspiring. Um, when you look back on, on all of it, not that your story's done, you have so much shit going on. Yeah. But when you look when you look back at all step, of it. I'm at step one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's crazy. What, what goes through your mind, like especially like, which we didn't even mention, but like your, when you had a heart attack, uh, you know, a bunch of years ago yeah. uh, when you were sleeping opening up whatever 10 12 11 restaurants yeah, open up five this year you know what i mean so yeah what what do you what do you think about that like because essentially like it started i guess with with the cooking school and that was to get out of uh to get out of your town and then it just all just kind of ripple now i'm just trying to there. get back now i'm just trying to get back to my town it's crazy it's like it's uh i don't know it's just like i think like i i'm just i'm trying to get to a place where I can have businesses that take care of people on both sides. That's a big goal of mine. Both sides. What's the reciprocal? You know? We want to take care of the people walking in the door. We got to take people walking in the door from the back. I want, I want to take care of that full circle and do that in a way that wasn't really done for me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's a life's work there. And um, we're working on it every day. And then, but I'm also trying to work to a place where I'm doing this TV shit now. I'm doing like the books and like all this stuff. It's, it's a dude. I never would have like, you, like you talk to 29 year old Maddie, you talk to 27 year old Maddie, bro. He would have been, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, you, you, what are you talking about? I was a chef. That's it. There was no, there was no TV chefs were losers, fucking posers, fucking loser. You know? All that shit was whack. Everything was same shit. You know, like everything's whack. You know, you're at that age where you're like, shit's whack. Fuck all y'all. You know, I was, I was that dude. I hated every, I hated everybody. And then I was just like, oh, this shit's kind of (laughs) tight. This shit's like, I don't, I don't know what's like, you know, like, I'm like, I'm still working. It was just like, I was just like chef guy. And I was just like, I was just so embedded in being like, I want to cook. I want to party harder than you. I want to do all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, 
but it, but now I'm just like now like I'm like how do I get to a place where I can enjoy my family and what does that mean and what does that look like and what is that like does that look like two family vacations a year what do I have to do to do that that I look at everything on like comfortability now what do I have to do on my end to be like I want to go somewhere warm in the winter because I'm from Canada. I want to go somewhere warm in the winter and I want to go somewhere cool, like, you know, just somewhere cool and interesting in the summertime. And it's just like, but what do I have to do to do that? What do I have to do to buy my kid hockey skates? What do I have to do to do whatever the fuck Trish wants to buy a bunch of crazy ass Halloween shit? What do we got to do to do all that? You know, and it's just like, I just want my, like, my goal is to have a nice life. Not too much, not too crazy. But it's just like you got to throw a lot of stuff out there and do a lot of things because a lot of things don't end up well. A lot of the businesses I have right now may not be around in five years. I, I, I know that. I've opened and closed many businesses. And um, I'm, just, I, I, I'm just trying to get back to like, you know, I'd love like just to dip. I just want to ride motorcycles, build motor, like learn how I'm learning now how to like do shit and do that and like hang out with my family and uh you know write cookbooks is i really love writing cookbooks i love doing that kind of stuff and uh, i love painting never thought i'd love painting but i love painting and uh you know i don't know just be able to do stuff so it just means like i gotta be, you know keep working a bit longer you know and, and and baby step everything like i'm crawl walk run that's the thing that's crazy is like every like I like everyone's like it's so crazy how much stuff you're doing. I'm like, yo, I'm crawling right now in my mind. Like it's fast, like it is what a thing, but I'm like, this is step one. Step one is like open businesses. Step two is running them. Step three, growing them. And then, like it's just like everyone it's it's relatively easy to make something kind of pop off and do something and make a little spark, you know? But it's like, how do you keep that spark? Then how do you grow that spark? And then how do you make that spark a fire? And then how do you keep that fire going mm-hmm. for a long enough time to like pay back debt and to create things? And, uh, you know, it's a it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I just want to say thank you for, you know, coming on the show and telling your story. It's like I said, super inspirational. And uh, it's really cool to, to us because like, you know, I feel like we and also a lot of our listeners can kind of relate to uh i guess your upbringing not like completely like i was never like crazy into drugs or nothing but yeah. like you know just like you're you you could see that you're like a regular dude you like what we all like you like like going yeah. to shows you like you know you like the art you like art you like seeing like iraq shit in the 90s and early 2000s and you want to go and experience that so to see your success and knowing like how you said you're just trying you're just trying every day it's, it's pretty sick so thank you you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Like it is like it, it's it's yeah, we all the same. You know, like it is like it's just like it, we're talking like it's just like people are people are whack. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Keep it grounded, two feet down, you know? Like it's just like take your shoes off, put your feet in the mud, you know? Don't leave. And I think it's just like part like I'm like I'm really happy I have the parents I have. Mm. You know, my parents are beautiful people, but they're they're shit shovelers. They'll do whatever they need to do. And family's first, and it's just like, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I hate people that think they're somebody. Like, it's so cringe. It's so stupid. It's just like, why? Because why? Yeah. you're on TV? Cause you have, because you have money? 
You th- like you think you're like I'm like I just come I don't come from nothing much so it's just like I'm always just like what are you talking about mm. like you let that shit change you you walk around in like Gucci slippers you think you're somebody <laughs> like you're a loser like yeah. that, that shit's like I don't know I just hate I don't know. yeah people are fucking peacocks um, yeah shit shoveling is uh, it definitely can be humbling literally so thank All you day, so much day. yeah thank you once again for uh, coming on the show man you're welcome thanks for having me dance hard or die. Peace.